Mom, 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 and dad. Hey. Guess what? My recent TikTok got 6,000 likes. I'm going to be famous one day, and soon I'll be on like the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be super famous, and it's going to be so exciting, and all my friends and I will be famous, and we can go places together. Oh, and I'm going to myself later, and Maya's uh -huh. going to be there, Maude's going to be there, Madeline's going to be there, Jackie's going to be there, Izzy's going to be there, and it's going to be so fun because there's going to be so many people, and so many different people to hang out with, and it's just going to be amazing. Okay, I'm going to go talk to Tucker. Bye, see you later. Bye. Well, good morning and welcome to STSA Church Online, where we are in week two of a series called Disconnected. And the subject that we're speaking about is communication. And what we're looking at is how God made us all uniquely. And in that unique wiring that he put inside all of us, it affects how we communicate, both how we speak and how we hear when others speak. And I just got a quick question for everyone right off the bat. Those who were here last week, how many of you, show of hands, how many people couldn't stop noticing temperaments all around this past week? Like how many people walked around and said, oh, I bet that, I bet that guy's a yellow. Or no, no, she's, she's probably a blue. Or how many people said something to the following, something like, um, oh, you're such a red. You know, stop being such a red. Or you, sure, you should thank God. You are lucky that I'm a green. I actually had several meetings this past week. Um, and, and some of the meetings were with people that I, I'd never been in a meeting with before. So I started the meeting by simply asking the question, what color is everyone? How many blues we got in the room? How many yellows? How many reds? How many greens? And the reason why I did that is because I, I, knowing people's temperaments allows you to communicate more effectively. So I wanted to know, you know, who was the, 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 the different temperaments in the room. So I know which ones I might need at the end of the meeting to say, Hey, what did you think about this? You didn't speak up. What, what, what are your thoughts? And I wanted to know who I needed to keep my, my finger next to the mute button, okay, just in case, okay, they started getting going. And that's all based on temperaments. Because once you understand temperaments and the innate wiring inside all of us, those natural predispositions, as we spoke about last week, it really does have an impact on every conversation when you understand it. St. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And the part that I want to emphasize there is that each one, how you ought to answer each one. Certain words, you know this, okay? You don't need to, to be very smart to figure this out. Certain words have different meanings to different people. Not everyone hears the same words in the same way. That was that, and that was kind of our key thought for this series is that even though we may all be using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. And again, you know this to be true. If I say the following phrase, don't do that, just those three words, don't do that. A red may hear, don't do that. And they would hear, you know what? There's probably a better way to do this. But a green may hear the same words and say, there must be something wrong with me. A person must think lowly of me or I must not be good enough. Same words, different meaning. If I go to a yellow and a blue person, okay, and I say, there's an event today, an event at the end of the workday, or there's an event today. A yellow person and a blue person look at that completely different. A yellow person, woohoo, excitement. What's the event? Who's going to be there? What's the agenda? A blue person, anxiety. And how long is it going to be? And who's going to be there? 
How about the, forget about a word that we hear all the time these days, the word social distancing, okay? Social distancing to some people, okay, is a nightmare, okay? The word yellows here, social distancing, and it's a nightmare. Blues hear it, and they feel like, woohoo, we won the lottery, okay? Social distancing, a dream come true. Because based on our temperaments, our temperaments dictate how we hear certain words when people speak. And that's why we're going to talk about today, our topic is words we need. Words we need. And I want to emphasize the word need, because usually when we think of needs, we don't think of words. We think of things like food and water and shelter. Those are the things that we need, and without those things, we can't live. Well, I would kind of say the same thing when it comes to emotionally and relationally. There's certain words that we need, and they are like food. They are like oxygen. They're exactly what we need, and if we don't have them, we will not be healthy emotionally and relationally. Oftentimes, if we look at why people act out or why people misbehave or why my spouse doesn't respond the way I think she should or why my dad always treats me this way or why my kids just won't listen, oftentimes it comes down to this idea of words that we need and our temperaments dictate the words that we need to hear to feel loved and secure and safe and respected and valued. And if we're not getting those words in our own language, then oftentimes we feel suffocated and we act out accordingly. And I want to make this personal. Like I, I want you to make this personal. I want you to think of a relationship in your life that, you know, may be struggling these days, you know, and now that we're, we're in this quarantine time, we've been here for, it seems like forever. You know, I'm sure it's not too hard to point to one or two of them. Um, and they may be sitting right next to you right now as we speak. Think of a relationship that's struggling, where you're struggling to communicate. You're not seeing eye to eye. There's a lot of conflict. Think of maybe a relationship in the past that, you know what, 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 what used to be and what, what was lost and is no longer around. Maybe there's, there's a marriage out there that's hanging by a thread right now. The majority of the time, the relationship issues are not really the issues. The issues are how we communicate, and it's the language that we're speaking. I always tell this to married couples. Oftentimes, the problem isn't he doesn't love me or she doesn't love me. That's not the problem. In fact, both love each other and both want the same thing. You both want peace in the household. You both want to respect each other. You both want there to, to, that, to, that you value each other and you appreciate the, the differences that you all bring. The problem is you're not communicating it in the same language. It's exactly like one person who says, I love you, but I'm, let's say I say I love you, but I'm speaking German and you don't understand German. You understand French. So I'm screaming, I love you and I love you. And you're in the French and you're saying, what are you saying? What are you saying? And you're not hearing me. So I scream louder. I love you. And you're speaking back in French. How come you don't tell me that you love me? We're screaming back and forth. The problem isn't the love. The problem is the language. And I'm telling you, 90% of the time, 90% of the conflicts that we experience in our close relationships, be it family, be it parents, be it the, our, our, our coworkers, okay, those who we work with closely, 90% of the time, the solution is a lot simpler than we realize. The solution is a lot simpler, not easy. We'll talk about that in a second. It's a lot simpler than we realize. And what it really boils down to more than anything else is learning to speak in the language that the other person hears. Learning about yourself and what your natural tendencies are and your natural language is, and then learning about those you're trying to communicate and what words they need to hear. I'll show you a nice verse here from the book of Sirach, 
chapter 33, verse 6, one of my favorite books in the Bible, says, prepare your words, prepare your words, and then you will be listened to. Draw upon your training and give your answer. Look what it says, prepare your words, and then you will be listened to. What, what, what it's saying there is that we don't just start speaking about what we want to say. It's not, when it comes to speaking, the goal isn't to say what I want to say. The goal is to say what you need to hear. And the one who's going to be effective in communication, and really I can say the one who's going to be effective and successful when it comes to relationships, is the one who prepares his or her words and learns to speak for the sake of the listener, not for his or her own sake themselves. So, with that said, let's jump in. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to go a quick review over the four temperaments, okay, and the colors associated with them. And, and as I'm reviewing this, okay, if you did not hear last week's message, if you missed last week, I'm going to encourage you to, 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 to make sure that you watch that. You're going to benefit much more from today if you were here last week and you understand the difference between the temperaments. And if you've taken the test and know what your temperament is, as well as the temperament of those around you, okay? But just for a quick review, okay, let's go over the four real quick. We have the sanguine, the choleric, the melancholic, and the phlegmatic, and you see that we connected those with colors. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about the four temperaments came from Hippocrates thousands of years ago, the father of medicine. And he basically examined people and he observed, and he said, you know what? When it boils down to it, people naturally respond in one of four ways. And some people, okay, and he gave them those four names. Those are Greek names, and those are all based on bodily fluids, things inside the human body, because that's what they actually thought. They thought that, that certain people had a certain fluid inside them, and that caused them to react a certain way. That's why you see all, like the word phlegmatic, comes, the word phlegm, okay, all bodily fluids. What we know today is that it's not a bodily fluid, but it is a temperament that was hardwired into us it's our natural predisposition. Like some people are left-handed, right-handed. Some people blue eyes, some people brown eyes. It's something that is inside all of us that we didn't choose. And to be honest, while we can improve upon our weaknesses, we can't really change. But what we can do is learn how to work within our strengths and improve upon our weaknesses. <clears throat> Each of these four languages, let's see if we, can, if we remember. All right, we'll do a little review. You can shout out the answer at home. Each of these four Temperament speaks a certain language, right? One of them, see if you shout out the answer at home. One of these colors speaks the language of people and fun. Which one is people and fun? Those are the yellows, yellows, woohoo! Okay, those are the yellows, this people and fun. Some, one of the languages speaks the language of power and control. Who are those? Those are the reds, okay, who got, some people told me reds got a little bit of a, a bad reputation last week. Don't worry, I'll clear that up for the Reds. So stay tuned, Reds. I'll defend the honor of the Reds as a fellow Red. One of the temperaments speaks the language of calm and harmony. And those are? Those are our greens. We love our greens. And finally, we have one who speaks the language of perfection and order. And those are our blues. Um, and they are the ones who are um, the precision and the details um, of the four temperaments. And I ended last week, for those who weren't here, I ended with a challenge, and the challenge was to fill in the following sentence. I, based on my temperament, I have a tendency to blank, or I have a tendency to be blank, but I will choose instead to blank, 
or I'll choose to be blank. So I have a tendency to blank based on my temperament. My car pulls left naturally, but I will choose to instead be blank. And hopefully everyone's able to practice that throughout this past week. Now, we're going to take a step further this week, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into the temperaments. And what we're going to look at is the innate needs of each temperament. What are those words that we need that are like oxygen or like water for each of the different temperaments? You see them up here on the screen. What we're going to do today is we're going to go through this list of innate needs, and we're going to go color by color, temperament by temperament. And I'm actually going to invite some of the members of my family to join me here to give examples of how they define these words. And what we're going to discover is that not every red defines loyalty in the same way. Not every blue defines support in the same way. Not every yellow defines approval. Not every green defines harmony. Is that even within the temperaments, we all have the same needs, but we may define those needs and feel those needs being met in different ways. And that's actually what St. Paul meant when he said earlier that you might know how you ought to answer each one, is that our duty as Christians is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Our duty is to love one another as Christ loved us. Well, what love requires of us, what love requires of us is to get to know the other person and to speak to their need, not speaking what I want to say. It requires me to understand who I am, my natural tendencies. Again, remember like last week, the car that pulls to the left understanding about myself and understanding the person in front of me and what they need to hear in order to feel loved and respected and valued. So with that said, we're going to jump in. Which one are we going to start with? We're going to start with the yellows. And why yellows? Because yellows, woohoo! Yellows are the ones who want the attention. Well, let's give them the attention right off the bat. Get a woohoo from all the yellows out there. Yellows, this is your list of needs right here. And it boils down to four things. Approval, acceptance, attention, and affection. Approval. Yellows are always asking the question, do I fit in here? Do I belong? Do they like me? Yellows want to know that they are accepted for who they are without having to change their personality. Acceptance. Second one. Acceptance is all about feeling included. You know, I told you last week that we did this study as a staff with our spouses this past summer. And one of the discussions, the question was posed, what would happen, how would you feel if you found out that a friend of yours had a party or had a gathering and you weren't invited? And the reactions based on the temperaments were interesting. The blues, okay, what would happen if, you were in, if there was a party and you weren't invited? The blues, sense of relief, okay? One less thing I got to go to. The greens, so harmonious, gave them the benefit of the doubt. There's probably a reason why I wasn't invited. The reds? Planned a revenge party, okay? We're going to plan our own party, not invite them, and stick it to them. <laughs> and then the yellows, the yellows said they'd be sad. They'd feel left out, not knowing any of the context around it. But they, if they heard that there was a gathering and they weren't invited, they would feel bad. The last two, attention and affection. Attention and affection, okay, let's take, start with attention, doesn't necessarily mean being center stage. It doesn't mean being the center of attention. Yellow, some yellows want to be the center of attention, but most don't. What it means is wanting the attention, the full attention or the full focus of the person in front of them. They want the person who's listening to them to be engaged versus distracted in their conversation. So if you live with a yellow, if a yellow is, is a member of your household and they come home and they have a story to share, 
you need to put down your phone and you need to listen to that story and you need to make eye contact with that person because that's what they need to feel that attention. A red may not need that. A red may be very happy for you to tell the story while you're cook while they're cooking dinner and red may see you or say like it's very efficient to do two things at the same time. A blue person may not want to share the story when they come home. They may have a great story, but they may need time to process. A green person will be happy to wait, okay, potentially. And a green person would say, it's not that big deal, and I understand. But if you got a yellow, you got to make sure that you meet that need for attention. Now, what we're going to do now, as you see right here, I've invited a special friend. Okay, this is my daughter, Elizabeth, who is joining us here. And she's going to speak to us about the yellows. Now, Lizzie wanted to make it very clear that even though she's got some yellow in her, her primary color is... I'm 60% red. Okay, so she's very proud of her redness. Okay, so we're going to yes. talk about red. She'll be back for the red. But she also is 40% yellow. Mm -hmm. So we thought that she would be able to shed a little bit of light on what it's like to be a yellow. So Lizzie, of these four needs right here, approval, acceptance, attention, and affection, which one of those stands out to you the most? Definitely attention. Attention. So what is it that makes you feel that need being met? Like, when do you feel like you got that attention when it comes to having that need met? Sometimes it's just like when my dad says, like, do you want to kick around the soccer ball? Or Michael plays like a board game with me. So it's just like nothing big. So it's, it's focused attention. Mm -hmm. And would you agree with what I said a minute ago about do you like to be like the, if in a big party, do you want to be the center of attention? Mm -mm, no. no, in fact, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know Lizzie very well, she's, she's kind of shy, okay, in big gatherings, but when you get underneath the shyness, okay, there's a lot of yellow in there, but it doesn't come across necessarily in big gatherings. Mm -hmm. Now, if there was a story one time, okay, when, when you were younger, that uh, your grandmother asked you a question, and I think it, it perfectly displayed what a yellow is, and the question was, of the three other members of this household, this is before our dog, okay? So of the three other members of the household, which one do you like having at home the most? Or I don't remember, something along those lines, okay? Mm -hmm. Which one do you like being at home with, with you the most? And your answer was what? Tell the people. I said in the morning, I like my dad because he wakes me up. During the day, I like Michael because he plays with me. And at night, I like my mom because she tucks me in. <laughs> so, so you see her answer Okay, it was, it's all about attention. In the morning, dad is the one who's in charge of waking me up. And this was a long time ago, but now we hopefully wake ourselves up. Um, um, so she likes having dad around because dad is the one who's with me. And then Michael during the daytime, because he plays with me, Michael's her brother. And then her mother at night, she's the one who tucks her in. So I'll ask you one more question. What happens as a yellow if you don't get that need met? If you feel like you're not getting attention from the people around you? Well... I'm really stubborn, so like I'll annoy Michael if he says no to playing with me, and then I'll just like we'll get into a fight or something about it. Mm -hmm. Because what, what what you'll see with a yellow, okay, you can agree with me or not, is that conflict, okay, is better than ignoring. So much better. <laughs> so oftentimes yellows, when they don't feel that need being met, they will create a conflict because having a conflict is at least some form of attention, and it's better than being ignored. So if you got a yellow at home, okay, for yellows, probably this quarantine is probably the toughest on them. So go ahead and ask them after we're done how they're feeling these days and what you can do to help meet their needs, okay? Thank you so much, Lizzie. We appreciate it. Now let's go on to the greens. For greens, it, it boils down to harmony, 
feeling of worth, lack of stress, and respect. Let's start with harmony. For greens, the best way that you can help them is creating a peaceful environment. They struggle with tension. They struggle with conflict. They struggle when things are combative. And in this house, for example, we have two reds and two greens. Those are our primary. Okay, two of us are reds and two of us are greens. And what we'll notice is very clear is that when it comes to any kind of conflict, the greens are quick to say, okay, I'm sorry, I was wrong. The greens are quick to, they just want there to be peace. And they want to be resolution. Whereas the reds, okay, so the reds, the reds tend to, no, fight for truth, okay? And the right reds want, you know, to make sure that, that equality and fairness and things like that. Whereas the greens, not so much because the greens are more affected by the conflict than maybe other temperaments. Greens also have a feeling, uh, a need for a feeling of worth and respect as well. And what that comes down to, especially in like a work environment, if you work with someone who's a green, you have a green teammate, they're the best teammate that you can ask for because they're all about creating harmony, but you need to make sure that even though they're not speaking up all the time, that they feel valued and appreciated and that their contribution is necessary to your team. Last one, lack of stress. When it comes to stress, it's not about necessarily a stress from the environment. Okay, because greens are hard workers and greens don't mind working hard, but it's more about stress in, in a, a interpersonal way and conflict. And like I said, that people stress, that combative nature of sometimes our environments, it affects greens more than it would other temperaments. Now, as we did with the yellows, okay, we're going to bring in my son, Michael, right here. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. And, and Michael's going to talk to us about the greens, okay, because Michael is a green. So, Michael, on this list right here, harmony, feeling of worth, lack of stress, and respect, which of those needs is the strongest for you? Definitely lack of stress. Okay, and, and what does that look like for you? Just like whenever I get a lot of work or there's just like a lot of problems going on, I don't want to do any work. I don't want to do any work because like if I get stressed, then I just don't want to do anything. So when when you have... You know, I know that you're a hard worker and you've proven that many times, but you, you tend to be more successful when the work is spaced out as opposed to when it comes all at once, right? Yeah, for sure. So, so we all understand this. Let's say you were to get a project, okay, and all of a sudden, and it's due tomorrow or there's a lot of stress. How are you most likely going to approach that? What are you going to do in that situation? Not do anything, probably. <laughs> you're going to procrastinate, yeah. right? Okay, which seems like the opposite. If you have a lot of work... You, you think you want to get into it, but for a green, that stressful nature of, of that situation kind of causes them to react in an opposite way. Okay. And I'll tell the story. The other green that we have in this household is actually my wife. Marianne is a green and I got her permission to tell this story is that Marianne handles all the kitchen duties here for us in the family and she likes to cook and she can cook. Marianne can cook all day and all night. She doesn't need a thank you. She doesn't need an appreciation. She just needs to not be stressed. So there are some times where I may say, oh, I can help. Okay, and if I'm honest, the reason I'm honestly usually helping is because I'm hungry and I want dinner to hurry up. So I come and say, okay, I can help. And you should do this. And you can do this faster. And there's a more efficient way to do that. And you do this and I'll do this. And I just start, rah. So as a green, okay, you can imagine this does not create a peaceful environment, right? So what Marianne says, Marianne is willing, again, all day, all night, no thank you, no nothing. Just let me work at my own pace. Would you agree that that's, For sure. that, that's how a green would say? Yeah. They don't mind to do anything. They are hard workers, 
but they do not appreciate the stressful environment. Correct? Correct. Great. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate it. Let's go to the Reds. Reds are all about loyalty, sense of control, appreciation, and credit for work. Let's start with loyalty. Loyalty is not about blind obedience. It doesn't mean listen to me no matter what it is that I say. It's not about submission or anything like that. What loyalty is means give me the benefit of the doubt. Trust me. And this is super important. If you got a red in your life, reds need to know that you got their back and that you believe in them and that you trust them even if you don't necessarily understand it. And if you, let's say you're married to a red, and if it's a godly person, obviously, if it's a godly person, okay, and you give them your trust, the nine out of 10 times, they're not gonna fail you. They are not gonna let you down. They're going to take that loyalty that you give to them, and they're gonna bend over backwards to make sure that you and your needs are met and taken care of. Sense of control, we'll leave that one for a second because I'm gonna have my daughter speak about that one, <laughs> okay? Uh, appreciation and credit for work, not in a selfish, greedy, not like an I need a cookie or someone to clap for me for every time I do something, but Reds, they, they're all about truth and they need to know that if they did hard work, it's about acknowledgement, okay? And, and, and just recognizing the fact that Reds work hard and they want to get stuff done and just recognizing the effort that they put into it. Now, I skipped number two, sense of control for a reason. Welcome back to my daughter, uh, Elizabeth. Thank you for coming back to us. And I like your new shirt that you're <laughs> wearing this time, okay? So Lizzie, loyalty, sense of control, appreciation, credit for work. Which one of those stands out to you? Definitely, definitely sense of control. <laughs> definitely sense of control. So why is that? What does that mean to you? Well, of course, I like to be the boss, but I don't have to be the boss as long as like there is control around, there's just control. So what, what Lizzie is speaking to is something that is, is important for you to recognize if you have a red in your life, is that reds don't need to always be in control. They like to be in control, okay? Mm -hmm. But they don't need to be in control at all times. What they need to know is that things are under control. And when they feel like it's reds are, again, their sense of fairness, their sense of equality, their sense of this is right and this is wrong. Lizzie, what happens when you feel like things are out of control and unfair and let's say parents are favoring one child over the other? What, what will you do in that situation? Um, I will like become stubborn and like not want to say sorry and just kind of like throw a temper tantrum. Until <laughs> the the expression that we always use is the word dig in. And we're both, we're, I'm wearing the black, okay, but we could both be wearing the red right here, is that we tend to dig in, okay? And I, we even joke about there was, a, <laughs> there was a fight that we had when you were like three years old, okay? And I remember that it was when you wanted first haircut. And there was, yeah. honestly, from age three, like she was digging in and I was digging in and each of us was digging in. And I'm like, you know what? Age three, I've lost my daughter for life. <laughs> I'm never going to speak to her again because she's not going to apologize and I'm not going to apologize. And thankfully, we've been able to find our way through there. So yeah, reds, reds are all about sense of control, but it doesn't mean needing to be in charge. In fact, I would say this, if you got a red in your life, the difference between being in control and sense of control, reds just need to feel like everyone is doing their job. And if reds feel like everyone is pulling their weight and things are under control, and we're following the plan and the plan is working, reds can sit back and they're not worried. 
But it's when things seem like they're out of control that reds are naturally the first ones to jump in. Like reds, the, the, the verse from 1 Corinthians 14, let all things be done decently and in order, that's their favorite verse. And when they feel like things are out of order or things are chaotic, that's when they jump in. When they feel like someone is letting down the team and not carrying their weight. This is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult for a red person to swallow. And what I wanted to do is I actually got an email this past week from a red. Because like I said, there's a lot of people listen to what I said last week and, and they look down at the reds. So we said, we're gonna, I'm going to read this email from, from one of the red members of our congregation. And I'll just read it exactly as is. It says, it's coming across as if reds are the bad guy, the ruiners of fun and calm. Even our color is a bit devilish. <laughs> Saying because we're not yellow is fine. So even our color is a bit devilish. I'm interpreting this control as a need for a sense of control. This is what this person is saying before, from last week. I personally have zero desire for control, but I sure do need things to be controlled. I can't do chaos and go with the flow. If no one is around that will give me that sense that things are under control, I will absolutely step up to the plate, but that does not make me controlling. All caps. <laughs> Typical red, okay? I don't like feeling delusional, so I wanted confirmation that that's how you interpreted this control thing. <laughs> Which I absolutely agree with. And then the last line of the email is classic red. The last line, okay? The last line says this. Also, it isn't our fault that we're always on point on most issues, and therefore we're the best. Smiley face. And that's, that's exactly how a red thinks. So... If you got a red in your life, then you can speak to them after this is over and find out what it means to them. All right. Thank you so much, Lizzie. We appreciate you joining us. Let's go to the blues. Blues. It comes down to safety, sensitivity, support, space, and silence. Let's start with safety. Safety doesn't mean just a physical safety. While, of course, that is very important to blues in particular, it's more about an emotional safety. Blues are the hardest to crack and to get on the inside, and it's hardest for them to trust and to open up. And if you have a blue in your life that does open up to you and does trust you, you have a great responsibility because it's not easy for them to do so. And if they open up to you and they feel like all of a sudden that they can't trust you or you've let them down, then man, oh man, are they going to shut down and, and cause, there's a lot of pain that could be caused there because their second need, as you see right there, is their sensitivity. And that sensitivity is like a two-edged sword. Again, like I said last week, blues, they are the most compassionate. They are the sweetest people on the planet and they're the most considerate. Blues are detail people. So they notice things. They notice hurt. They notice that people are upset. They notice things. And this is a great thing. But because they are so considerate and they notice details, they also notice when you don't respond in the same way and when you may not be as considerate back at them. That's why, okay, one of the combinations that's, that's dangerous is the red-blue combination. It's a dangerous combination because blues tend to speak quickly and blues tend to speak off the cuff and blues tend to, to process things. I'm sorry, reds. Reds speak quickly and reds speak off the cuff and reds kind of process things out loud. But for a blue, the words that are coming out might be hurtful and they may not be able to brush them off as quickly as the red would be able to do. That's why oftentimes this red-blue combination, the reds are seen as rude or insensitive or not caring, and the blues end up with a lot of hurt. Support. 
Blues often feel unheard. No one sees me. No one hears my voice. That's why if you work with a blue or you're in meetings with blues, it's always good to ask them, particularly at the end, hey, anything that you wanted to add to the discussion, I noticed that you had a inquisitive look on your face. Anything that you want to say? Because blues won't always be the ones. See, for reds, reds don't have a problem feeling heard. If reds don't feel heard, they speak up. They raise their hand. They interrupt. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. And they speak up. Yellows have no problem either. They'll be heard by their by just the quantity. Okay. They just keep on talking till you you have to take a breath at some point in time. So that's when the yellows will get their word in edgewise. Greens, they're laid back. They're okay. They'll wait for a better time. But the blues, okay, the blues are the ones that you have to make sure that you go out of your way to make sure that they feel heard. Space and silence is the last one. The worst thing that you can do for a blue is put them on the spot. The worst thing that you can do is tell the blue, okay, we're going to do this and you go first. Blues need time to process, time to think about things before they're ready to share. All right, so we welcome back to the stage here my son, Michael, who also seems to have a new shirt. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us, Michael. Michael, safety, sensitivity, support, and silence. For you, this one's a no-brainer. Which one stands out? Space and silence for sure. So what, what does that look like for you? Um, like after a long event, I need my space and silence to recover because I'm tiring. Even if I had fun at the event, I need my space. And, and so this is one where Michael and I both share this. Okay. I got a little bit of, I'm red, but I lean towards a little bit of blue as well. Is that both of us, like on a Sunday uh, afternoon is that we get to church early and we're there and people who see me, you know, and I'm socializing and I'm speaking and I'm hanging out and I'm full of energy and I'm, and I'm on top of the world. And then both of us, when it comes home, okay, we need our space and silence. And that's how we recoup. And one of the differences between us as blues versus my daughter, who has the yellow, is let's say we're out as a family together and, you know, we went to a visit or we did an event or whatever it may be. Both of them might ask the same question in slightly different ways. So my daughter might say, what are we doing next? And no matter what, if we did 15 events back to back, her question, as soon as we get in the car is, what are we doing next? Where are we going next? And Michael, you might ask that question slightly differently. How, how might you ask that question? I would say we're not going to do anything next, right? <laughs> so it's the same question, but Michael always wants to make sure that, you know what, we're done the activities for the day so I can get to my happy place, which is rest and relaxing. So thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. You and Lizzie did a great job of reminding us of our key thought for this series, which is this. Even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. Even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. I hope by now you've been able to see how different colors need different words. And that's again, based on how God created us all differently. In the, the link, in the, in the comments to this video below, there's a PDF. And that PDF is a, is a document put together by the, the author, Kathleen Edelman, of the book, I Said This, You Heard That. And it's titled, Words That Build Up. And I would encourage you to take a look at that PDF, download it, maybe hang it up on your fridge. And it basically gives us some reminders of, if you have a blue in your house, these are words that blues need to hear, or greens, or yellows, or reds. And it reminds us of ways that we can speak to them as each one needs to hear. And I would encourage you, to practice those words, and I'll, and I'll just give you kind of a warning up front, is that anytime you learn a new language, it's kind of clunky at the beginning. But the more you practice, and the more that you try it out, 
the more it can become second nature to you. So think about your first day of Spanish class when, when you were in high school or your first day of French class or whatever it may be. It's difficult and I'm never going to learn this. But if you stick with it and you keep on practicing it, you can become fluent. It'll never be your first language. Your first language is your language. That's your temperament. But that doesn't mean you can't become proficient in speaking red or in speaking yellow or understanding the blues or in communicating with the greens. Like everything else, it gets easier with practice. And what I'll say to you is that, you know what? If you have relationships in your life and you're trying to figure out what's going on in this relationship, how did we get to this point? Where did we go wrong? Then maybe these languages, maybe they're the answer. You know, I hear sometimes some things that, that break, break my heart. I hear horrible stories of things that people say to each other, not realizing the impact that it might have. Things that parents say to kids or kids say to parents or spouse to spouse or friend to friend or brother to sister. And people say things that have no idea on the impact. And here's the thing. Let's, let's agree on this. Okay. As children of God, ignorance is not an acceptable excuse. It's not enough to say, well, I didn't know that he would interpret it this way. I didn't know that that would hurt her that much. That is not acceptable. I've seen things from teachers or coaches, and we all have. Again, in the, in the effort of I'm going to motivate them and I'm going to push them. But in the end, you end up destroying them and cutting them to the heart. I've seen wives tell their husbands how dumb they are and repeat it over and over and how they don't think they can accomplish anything. And they say, we're just joking or they say, I'm just trying to help them be better. No, you're killing them. You're killing them. I've seen parents unable, unable to have more than a two minute conversation with a child without picking up the phone or checking the social media. And you don't realize what you're communicating by that action. You're communicating, you don't matter to me. And what I'm saying is, church, ignorance is not an excuse. We got to be better than that. And we can't say that it's not that we didn't know. It is our duty to know. Because if it is our duty to love, you cannot love someone that you do not know. If I truly want to love you, I will take the time to get to know you so that I can speak to you and communicate to you in your language. It is not an option. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. We looked at this verse last week. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, when we were younger, we were taught a lie. And it's a lie that's so commonplace that I'll just start the sentence and you can finish it for me. Sticks and stones. We were taught that sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt us. Well, the truth of the matter is that isn't true. Words can hurt us. Words can cause extreme damage to relationships. And that is because we are all wired so differently because we are made uniquely the same words that may motivate you may crush another. The same words that may encourage you may destroy another person. And if we are going to be successful when it comes to relationships, if we are going to love our neighbor as ourselves, if we are going to be the body of Christ in this world, then it is our duty to learn how to speak the right words to the right people. It's our duty to learn how to speak languages other than our own so that we can communicate with people whose native language isn't like ours. And you know what? 
I want you to think of some of the relationships, some of the, the tense relationships or some of the conflict in your life, at home, at work, whatever it may be. And who knows, maybe learning that language may be the key to the solution. Maybe the problem with that brother who moved away and we haven't spoken, maybe learning the right language can solve that. Maybe that heated dispute at work, which we just can't seem to resolve. Maybe that conflict at home, which just seems like we're at a stalemate and everyone's kind of digging in. Maybe learning the right language is the key to moving towards a solution and breaking the stalemate. Because our goal is not just to talk, it's not just to say words, but it's to communicate effectively. And I want you to remember this. Every word you use is a word you choose. Every time you speak, you have a choice. Every time you open your mouth, that you can choose words that build up or words that destroy. You can choose to take the time to get to know someone, to understand their temperament, understand their needs, and understand how they feel loved. Or you can say, I'm going to speak what I want to speak, and it's up to them to understand me in the way that I meant to be understood. My prayer is that we can all take these concepts. And the same way I had my children up here, and we had this discussion in front of you, I pray that you would take the same concepts and you would have the same discussion with your loved ones. That after we finish up right here, that if you're in a family sitting around or if you're a group that's going to gather together on Zoom or maybe on someone's deck later today or whatever it may be, I pray that you'd have the same discussion and say, hey, you're yellow. How do you feel loved? You're a blue. Tell me what these words mean to you. I'm a red and you're a red, but maybe we define these words differently. I pray that we can invest in our relationships and get to know the people around us and what makes them feel loved because that is what Christ would want us to do. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you communicate to us in a language that we can understand, and you took flesh so that we could understand you, and we could know you, and you took enough the initiative to get to know us, Lord, in our state. And I pray that we would have that same mindset, that we would not be like, stuck here and say that I'm going to speak what I'm going to speak and they better understand it, but that you would help us in our relationships, Lord, to, to bridge the gaps and to understand one another and to speak in a way, Lord, that brings reconciliation and peace into the many relationships, Lord, that need it so desperately these days. We pray these things in the name of your Son, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Here says we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here this week. I'm going to leave up on the screen. I have the list of the needs okay, by the temperament. And I'm going to encourage you to have the same discussion with your family and loved ones the same way we did. Go through the list and have each one share what it means to them and what helps them to feel loved when it comes to these areas. And I will see you all back next week for part three of our series, Disconnected. Have a great week, everyone.